and welcome to the latest issue of the Three Old Geeks podcast. I am joined by my usual cohorts. First of all, the evil genius, the numbers guy, and the new number two, Keith uh, of Keith's Comics. Number two? Num- who's number one? <laughs> that is the question. I know. That's the point. And of course, uh, the clown prince of collecting, the man with the holes collection, The we're adding the preeminent perv, is it? Oh, without, without. Are we adding that now? Sure. We're adding it's, it? Yeah. It's, We're it's, adding it's a thing? Said. I got and of course, the new number cards. two. Brian needs one. I'm going to need new business cards. <laughs> <laughs> the preeminent uh, perv. I'm, of course, the uh, world's oldest kid sidekick. I am uh, the words guy. I am Lance. And I am also the new number two. And because this is going to be a deep dive into The Prisoner, we have brought in an expert, much like the number two on the program. We have brought in my college roommate and my friend for 30 years, Randy. Randy, how are you? You are number six. Uh, He is not a number. He is a free man. (laughs) And welcome to another issue. All right, Brian. Well, we want information. So you got some news for us? Uh, I do. I, um... We're going to be talking this way through the whole thing. I am seriously tempted to talk like this the entire time. (laughs) Bad English accents. (laughs) And over-emoting. I have news. Um. (laughs) Um, So it looks like they're going to release... The most unreleasable film that I want to see. Okay. The New Mutants. Oh, okay. Video on demand. Yeah, yeah, that's been on demand. It's been kicking around for like a year, hasn't it? Uh, More than that. This is like the sixth uh, release date it's had. They haven't fully announced that it's going to be released uh, video on demand. Uh, They have not given a a theater release. They have not changed uh, Black Widow's theater release. It's still November. Right. I, I, my feeling is that the Marvel shows, and from what I'm hearing, are going to be pushed back into 2021, which is unfortunate for Marvel and Disney, because Disney's now closing down their parks again. But this, I, I really would like to, they released a new trailer. They re- Wait, they released a new trailer in Australia. <laughs> okay. Fucking Australia. Yeah. Somebody actually filmed it from their TV as it was going on, <laughs> and then released it on the net. Because you can't find it, but it looks good. And I'm so excited to see it. What the fuck? So, uh, by the time they get around to releasing it and then talking about a sequel, the characters, the the actors who played the characters are now like 15 years older. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be the old mutants? Yeah. Yeah, the old new mutants. But yeah, they're talking about uh, August, September. So... We may actually see a release in Australia okay. of that fucking film that I really want to see. Road trip? No, no road trip. I'm never going to Australia. <laughs> Where everything wants to kill, kill you. you. Exactly. That's the yes. exact yes. reason yes. I'm not going uh, to Australia. It looks like, uh, from what I'm seeing, Marvel's uh, virtual Comic-Con ended today. So that's exciting. We'll get some news out of that. Though one would have thought I would have heard something. So obviously it was not... An exciting event. Yeah, I would say not. Fandom, DC's Fandom, I believe is next month. Absolutely no excitement generated around that. <laughs> comics are dying, kids. Comics are dying. No. No, we'll be okay. 
Maybe. That, that it? Uh, oh, and they want to... Um, they want to make Thor Love and Thunder a uh, rom-com. They need more romantic... More romance in the Thor franchise. I see. So, uh, and Taiki Watiti, who hates rom-coms and never wanted to make a rom-com, has decided now that he wants to try something he hates because he hasn't done it. And this is paying him. This is his opportunity to make a fucking uh, Thor romantic comedy. So that's exciting for a movie I won't see. Maybe if it's as good as Sleepless in Seattle. You got mail. <laughs> Ba-ding. When Thor met Jane. <laughs> Jane is Thor. She met oh. herself. Oh. Time. <laughs> Mighty Mjolnir. <laughs> that, I believe, is all the news I've gotten this week. All right. I hope. <laughs> All right, Randy. Well, uh, if you've listened to the program, you know we've given our uh, our secret origins as geeks. We've had a, a, one guest star who gave his secret origin as geek. What is your secret origin? When did you uh, realize you were a geek? I think I realized that I was a geek from the very beginning. I was a big fan of Super Friends, the Batman TV show, when I was, you know, in my pre prepubescent stages. In the early 70s when that was really the only entertainment that you had I came to comics late uh, I didn't get into comics in my before I was like 10 or 11 years old got two comics with uh, change from my grandma's cigarette money uh, <laughs> Justice League of America number 179 the issue where Firestorm joins the team cool and uh, this little digest reprinting uh, JLA 100 and 100 through 102 the JLA-JSA crossover nice. where, they, where they rescue the seven soldiers of victory. Oh, awesome. Nice. So, I mean, it was like, that That was like, you know, that was it for me. I mean, just all these characters just coming at me, uh, especially with the cover of the Digest. It's like somebody's hand, and like all these heroes are like just leaping out of it. I mean, that image just always stays in my mind yeah. you know, to, to this day. All right. And I've been a geek ever since, right. uh, happily too, I, I should say. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. All right, so back on the cult TV issue, uh, we had mentioned The Prisoner as one of TV Guide's top, whatever, 30 cult shows of all time, and uh, decided to uh, that there was a short, enough, uh, a short enough program, there was only 17 episodes, so we decided to watch all 17 and do a little bit of a deep dive, Aaron. And again, that's why we brought in Randy. Uh, so, Randy, you obviously you—I I mentioned even you on the on that particular episode that you've been a fan of this program since like I've known you, which was back in the '90s. What what drew you to this program initially? I got into this through mutual friends. Okay. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of British comedy. You know, I like the British version of The Office more than the American version. Uh, what I like about British TV shows is it runs for a limited amount of time and they stop doing it before it overstays its welcome. Okay. Something about it. I mean, probably Patrick McGowan. Okay. Uh, I just, you know, I, I knew him from the episodes of Columbo that he did. They were my favorite episodes. I remember 
uh, I remember seeing him on, you know, like TV shows and in movies and uh, just something about him. That's interesting I, that you should, I'm gonna, I, I want to talk about that, uh, that. That's interesting that you should I actually, because I know you, I've, like I said, I've known you for 30 years. I know you're like the biggest Beatles fan that I know. And yes. I almost, when I saw the last episode, I was like, man, did Randy get into this because there's a Beatles song into this? That was a part of it, yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, okay, for those for the uninitiated, The Prisoner uh, aired from 1968 to 69, so it's in that, that sweet spot of psychedelia. It is the story of a secret agent who retires from whatever organization he works for and is sent to the village. And they try to break him to find out why he retired. And, it, and it's a very limited series. It's 17 episodes. Randy, you had mentioned uh, Patrick McGowan. I, I mean, you got to start off by saying this guy. I don't know if this show could have got made without this guy because obviously he was the the kind of a guiding force behind and stuff like that. But he is such a presence in this show. Like he's, I don't know if it's his charisma or the way his the way he acts or whatever. But it's like I just thought he was like so engaging as a character. He was driven. He really was. And I'll give everyone advice. Don't start with the last episode. <laughs> no, definitely Please not. Please do not. Keith started back in the day. He tried watching <laughs> yeah. the last episode, and we'll, we'll talk about the last episode. But, yeah, yeah the, the last episode's one. not the one to start off with. Definitely not. All right. <laughs> okay, so McGowan was, um, first of all, he was offered the role of Bond before yes. Sean Connery, and he turned it down. Did not know that. Uh, he he would have been a good Bond. He, I think yeah, he would have yeah, been a yeah. fantastic Bond. Uh, he was on a program called Danger Man in the mid to uh, the the mid to uh, late sixties, which was sort of uh, another kind of at the time was the British spy uh, craze, where because Bond had gotten real popular. So the interesting thing about Danger Man was that they wanted him to be essentially the TV version of James Bond, and and I saw in a documentary where Magoon was he was a Catholic, and he's like, well, I'm not going to carry a gun, and I'm not going to seduce women. And if you, I watched a couple episodes of Danger Man. I'm not claiming to be an expert or something like that, but it was all, it was very much the same character. Where to the point where they they kind of hinted that uh, the character from Danger Man was supposed to be the prisoner, uh, but he was the guy yes. who kind of figured things out without having to resort to guns or seduction or whatever, sort of that type of a thing. So um, you know, I have never solved a single problem in my life. As a matter of fact, I've probably created more. With guns. By using seduction as a solution. <laughs> <laughs> unless, I'm try- unless I was trying to get rid of someone. If I wanted a girl to leave, then it would work. But that's the only solution I have. Yeah, I'm not I, a big seduction guy. I could see that. I could see that. I could speak for this. I could, I could speak, speak for that on first... first uh, yeah. Seduction. Quickest way. Never, I tried quickest, to quickest, yeah, yeah. Don't ever do that again. All right. Well, um, to, let's begin with the beginning. The opening sequence of this program is is absolutely legendary. Yes. Uh, Brian, I think you said you timed in at a clock. Three oh seven. It's three minutes and seven seconds. Yes. Every episode. Every fucking episode. <laughs> I actually love the opening. I watched it every single time. I didn't skip it uh, when I was watching it on Amazon. I made it through eleven. What I found to be interesting and what I liked, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the number two for the <clears> show <throat> is the one that does the intro. Yeah. yeah. I don't think McGowan does his intro every time. It's edited in. Yeah. yeah. It's what? snipped together, but it is always the number two of that episode yes. Yes. that does the, Yeah. I am number two. Yeah. He's number one. <laughs> you are number six. And I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah. No, there, I, I, well, there was one episode where it where they didn't use it, where it wasn't the person who played number two. 
If you saw the episode, uh, Many Happy Returns. I saw the episode. Yeah, because because of the fact that you don't know who number two is, they used just like a generic male. It was the cameraman. Yeah, well, no, it, it, it no, was just and, a generic male opening. Uh, to, you know that. Yeah, that I want to the say that there, there was like the the and the one that Brian and I know the best is the one that's the opening for the <clears throat> the, the Iron Maiden song, the Prisoner. Yes, but I thought. Yeah. There was the like for a lot of the episodes. There was one guy who did it, but yes. then there was like Lee, was it Liam McKern did his two episodes yeah. and all that. Okay, um, I th- and the, the the part of the opening that I always th- I think is really cool is the, the 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 way that they use the thunder, like the this the the shot of him like throwing open the double doors and like the thunder the fun- going off. Yes. I was just like, I, I've always loved my it. God, you know the opening to the prisoner is a lot like the ending to Freebird. In that, Ooh, you think wow. it should end, and then it fucking doesn't. <laughs> and it goes on for a bit more, and then you think it should end, and then it doesn't. <laughs> well, no, Return and the, the king. one of the things that I, I, I discovered just doing some research on this is actually, this is one of the few opening sequences in a, a television show where there's a commercial. The commercial, actually, they would put a commercial when he after he gets gassed and falls on the couch... They put a commercial in, and then after the commercial, he would do the wake up, the title card, and then the whole speech with who's number one and all that. Kind I could see that being a three minute opening. Yeah. <laughs> the setting is one of the things that makes this program. It is a town called, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. I think I, I heard this on a documentary. It's Port Merion. Yes. In Wales. That's and apparently there was some this this wild British uh, designer who spent some time in the war in Italy, and decided to make it a, a provincial Italian town in Wales. They have pris- They used to have prisoner conventions there, like every summer. But yeah, I mean, like the architecture is like this kind of weird Mediterranean, like kind of Italian. I would love to live there. Yeah, I I think that I mean I'd like to actually go visit there just to see what it's really like and stuff like that. But it's it's one of the things that kind of gave. The whole, to me, that gave the gave the program like this surreal quality to it. You do realize that if you do that, you have to go to Wales. I do. Okay, just check. No, <laughs> I know. And for any Welsh people listening, we love well Wales. We haven't picked them up yet, so we're well. We, we're on our way, but for all you Irish folks out there, you know, don't don't discourage no, we're not the Welsh. in the UK, but you still have to go to Wales. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The the basic premise of this is is essentially um, this shadowy organization uh, that they never really define or anything like that, other than they're very cosmopolitan. Yeah, they are. Okay, that's one of the things that I thought was really interesting was that it is very like cosmopolitan. Or it, it, there was the Russian people and Asian people, and they had people of you know different accents, French and all this other stuff. They never really kind of said like you know. Last one of the questions in the opening is what side are you on. And that they never really define is this is this the British intelligence agency is this the Russians is this some you know UN plot or something like that? Okay, so uh, you know what I'm going to be upfront in saying that I did not love this series. Nothing what I will say, and part of my dislike of it was that a the amount of fucking potential that this series had was unbelievable, unbelievable. To that, I liked things in every episode. Yeah, I, I'm that I the, really the liked same way, things yeah. in every episode, yeah. but they give you nothing. So if you're watching the series, and and I would say that I I would almost say that you couldn't have a show like Lost without this. Oh no, you could not have 
You couldn't have that. But the difference is that you at least got answers in Lost. There was no character uh, development no, right. in this, really. There was no character development, and there mm. is no... You know nothing about him. The only thing you learn about him through 17 episodes is that he had a fiance. That is all. <laughs> well, actually, no, that's interesting. And, and his fiance is a whore. Got to get it in. <laughs> you got to get it in. Okay. Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. She makes out with the guy who she doesn't know waiting for her fiance. You know what? Do you know how many times... I have gotten a little action going, I am your lost fiancé. I've just been transferred into a different You're not body. Patrick McGowan. He hasn't tried that now. Now he's going to. It worked when I was a teen. Randy, I forgot to apologize in advance There's for Brian. but No, yeah, no okay. apology is necessary. Keith, you were starting to he, say he, something. He's but listened to the, the episode, I, I've, so he I've knows. I've listened to the, the show. Yeah. So. But he's like never heard what you cut out. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. That's true. That's the... That's the, well, the I, I just didn't like the fact that they never... Uh, Never did anything with the village people. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, didn't they have a couple of hit singles? No, yes, they did. But nice, I mean, the yeah. people in the village, they never really advanced any of them at all. He well, played chess with the one guy. And this is, you know, and this is the guy who sold you the newspaper. But they never did anything. And they never explained if they were, they were former agents and why they've given up and become complacent here. So why is he the, why is he the guy trying to... But he wasn't, and you pick that up later, is that he's not the only one trying to escape. I know, but, but they all but and they're all afraid. you can't talk about why you're there. Because you never know who you're talking to. That's, a, that's an excellent point. My, my theory on all that is that all this was just created to break him. With the amount of people that, uh, you know, he confides in and you know colludes with to use current political terminology or whatever you want to call it yeah i i just i have always thought that this just this, this whole, was an elaborate, this elaborate whole setting was like, just an elaborate scheme to to break that's this, a lot of money this to one blow man, to this one, one man. guy yeah he didn't but, i mean he seemed important but he didn't seem that important he didn't have and by the code. end of the by the end of the series it's almost just a challenge now to the new number two to fucking break him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... Well, no, otherwise I, you well, get replaced. What happens to, to the old number twos? They always get replaced. To get, I know, to but go what with, happens to them? Are they killed? No, obviously not. Or they get the because Leo McKern comes back. Yes. Yes. But there were people that he knew throughout uh, whatever he did... Who were now being employed by the people who run the village. Yeah, if it was all arranged. Because he has that friend. The friend, And yeah. like issue two, or issue two. Chimes of Big two. Ben. Chimes of Big yeah, there's Ben. A, yeah, his friend is in the hospital. Yeah. Cobb. Yep. And uh, commits suicide, but doesn't. And he's employed by whoever this yeah. agency is. Well, it, go, going, with, going with that, in, uh, and going with the danger man... Uh, reference uh, connection that you mentioned earlier in Chimes of Big Ben when he and Nadia leave the village and he's in you know he thinks that he's in Great Britain in his old boss's out, uh, office yeah those are all people that were connected with the danger oh okay that's okay so I, I'm glad we brought you in because I didn't know that 
I didn't I, either, I didn't, yeah. having not watched oh, Danger Man. Uh, That's the next thing. There, there are a lot of episodes. You know, pretty much any episode that has reference to his... British spy days. Those are all people that were from the Danger Man show. Okay, that's really now. See, that's so really cool. So then that would draw that. the correlation between feeling like it's an extension of Danger Man to making it actually an extension of Danger, Danger Man. Man. Exactly. Right. Well, no, and that's the whole the, the the premise was pitched that Danger Man was done and uh, McGowan was friends with Lord So and So, who was in charge of British television or something like that, and he wanted something else, and he pitched him this. Yeah, and uh, and this is one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Randy, is and he pitched him a seven episode series, and they're like, we want to sell it to the United States. We need more than that, and we need twenty three. And he's like, well, I can't. He he didn't get him twenty three. He got him seventeen, and that That's... was like. Now I wanted to ask you, being a the, the the prisoner fan, do you know what seven episodes he originally had planned? I know the arrival, uh-huh. chimes of Big Ben, uh-huh. free for all. The episode where he runs for number two. Okay, okay. That's that's considered a, a prime episode. Uh, Living in Harmony. Okay. Um, Checkmate and the last two. The last two. Okay, uh, so those are the that primary. Might ones. not be the exact seven. Yeah, you know, I think. But you, I, I think. But I'm that's that's one. pretty pretty close. But yeah. All right. Yeah. That be okay. So since we're on um we're on episodes here, I'll start off by saying I did have a couple of favorites, but. I was really enthused, like, the first two episodes, and then around, like, the fourth one, it was like, okay, they're just either going to drug him and fuck with him, or they're going to try to let, or he's going to escape, and then he's going to get dragged back to the, the village, and it was sort of like, it got a little old. My feeling was, after finishing it, you could watch one, ten... And then the last two. Okay. That's and pretty much, much that's pretty much what Patrick McGowan felt about. You pretty much hit the nail on the head with what you said earlier. Okay. Uh, he pitched a seven a six or seven episode series. Uh-huh. British television wanted like twenty three, somewhere around there, like you said, and he settled for set they settled for seventeen. Okay. okay. Because two yeah. through nine were the exact same episode. It became Gilligan Spyland. <laughs> <laughs> Let's set aside the last two episodes because that that's a whole discussion. That's a whole yes. discussion by itself. Oh yes. For, from the quote unquote regular <laughs> episodes, uh, I liked A, B, and C, which is the one where they uh, implant these oh, yes. the three yes. traitor spies yes. into his dreams or whatever to see how he reacts to him and stuff like that. Sick. I thought that one was really that was really cool. I liked the first three episodes a lot. Again, so Arrival, if, Times of Being Bad, and, and A, B, and C. Started on those because the first one I watched was seven. The last one. Then I watched Charms of Big Ben, back when I watched it. Then I saw, I think it's the fourth, fifth one, the, the one where you talked about with the, the him running for number two. Which Free is, for all. Which is sort of made me, at that point... That I, was a good half episode. See, I, I didn't yeah. really care for that one. In, in the, Not one of my favorites. So, at, at that point, I stopped watching, because I'm like, okay, two out of three, and... It had one of my favorite <laughs> scenes, though, of the whole series, which is the tick-tick slap. Yes. Tick-tick slap. That yes. I was like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Okay. I don't know why, but <laughs> well, no, and the then, way she did it, yeah. tick, tick, slap. <laughs> the um, if you want to talk favorite scenes, like the thing that I, I think got me enthused for the, the the and I think it's in 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 Chimes of Big Ben is the Chimes of Big Ben has got Liam Byron <clears throat> as number two, right? Yes. Okay, yes. that's yes. the one where it opens. Uh, he says something along the lines of like, he can make even the act of putting on his dressing gown appear as a gesture of defiance. I was like, okay, oh, that yeah. just def- that defined the series for me. That was like, okay, I understand this now, and that was like really the the, the cool part of it. 
Um, so I liked A, B, and C, uh, and then in consulting with Randy before we, uh, before, uh, you know, we started recording here, his, he said his favorite was, was Hammer and Anvil. Yes. So I went into that kind of like, okay, well, if Randy likes it, this is going to be the, and I absolutely think that is one of the best episodes of not only, this, that's one of the best episodes of television I have ever seen Agreed. in the context of, of the story. Like the, that was just like the, this masterclass in like disinformation and spy craft and turning your enemies like paranoia like it almost applies like in the, in this in a you know in, in a surveillance state everybody's paranoid and he just he used all of his skills to to find like it was seemed like that was like the only one where he won against number two or the organization or or whatever yeah the most definitive win yes. you, you get no argument from me i mean just you know what he does by listening to all the records in the yeah, just to like, store like ask, and like and like leaving and, the newspaper yeah, behind and like circling yeah, security yeah, with like a little yeah, question yeah. mark, and then he goes and has the conversation with the flunky, and it's like this this heated conversation. He makes it look like they're they're talking very tensely. He goes like, "I had trouble sleeping last night. I had to have a walk around the the, the village, and then you know, I, then I did some extras, and it was like, but it was like this master class of like par like paranoia. I just thought I thought it was like one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen." Which again, you could watch one, <laughs> ten, and then the last two. Because yeah, that's the first one where he takes control. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then um, they didn't then, follow up on it though. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say that now. That if you watched it and went, oh my god, I've slogged through nine episodes right. to get here. It's finally made to turn. The turn it makes is not the turn you expect. No. Yeah. Because from 11 uh, I, on, it's just a fucking fever dream. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. And then... Uh, you get no argument from me on that. <laughs> uh, the, All right. The, well, it, maybe on the subject of fever dreams, and, and again, one of my... Uh, we've discussed this on the program before, is I love the the mold-breaking or the, the format-breaking episode. Uh, so, Living in Harmony, which is essentially a... It's, it's like my a... My second favorite episode. It's like a Western it's like a western in the middle of this British spy thing, and you're going, "What the hell?" And they they recreate the opening sequence in like a, a western flavor, and and uh, the one thing I took away from this is, man, McGowan should have done like a he should have done a serious like western movie because I thought he made a great cowboy, you know, like the man of few words and all that kind of stuff. I don't think he would have said yes, I, although I don't think anybody would have extended the offer to him. Well, no, I actually that, I, I I thought I read online that he actually did this episode because he always wanted well, to do yeah, a Western. He did always want to, but that that episode uh, was played out of order. Uh, that episode didn't air in the United States until I think after the show had completed. Oh, really? Because of the Vietnam War going on. Okay, so and because of the fact that you know we can't show something of an of a cowboy refusing to use a gun. You know, it, it's it, the episode was so anti-Vietnam War. Yeah. United States TV refused to air it for a while. Okay, okay. Now, Brian, you had texted me and said that your favorite character out of the series was in Living in Harmony. One of my two favorite characters, and that's the kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Though my bit of trivia for that is that because I, I work to do this, and I and I hope you appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I already do. <laughs> Thank you, Google. The whore in the episode oh, God. Yes. <laughs> oh. is John Pertwee's ex-sister-in-law. Really? Yes. That, that I did so there's know. your Doctor Who connection. Okay. 
that's a that's a really obtuse connection to Doctor Who. Uh, you can connect it to Gotham then too. Yes, that would be Sean Pertwee's ex aunt in law. Interesting. <laughs> it, 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 it's funny that you mention women because women really are not portrayed very well in in, in well, that okay, well. series. Pretty much any woman he comes in contact with winds up, you know, betraying him. Pretty much. I, no, I don't think so. I, I want to <clears throat> say um, she didn't betray him. True. In the context the, of the cowboy story, in, in, she didn't yeah. portray him. Yeah. She's like the she assistant. Was, she, she was. Well, but she worked for the the village people. Right. But you knew that. If you didn't know that, you hadn't watched the previous what twelve episodes. Right. <laughs> Everybody who's in the show works for the village. Okay. That's not yeah. Patrick McGowan. Okay. But uh, well, does he? Ba 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 bum. We don't know. That's a good question. Uh, she doesn't. I don't. The girl who could read his mind, the re- mind reading one. Uh, Schizoid, which, man. Schizoid man. Schizoid man, which is the one that you. But they, but they still get to her. No, she does, but she at least apologizes. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah, and actually, just no, and the one in in in, in the gal in uh, in Harmony, she kind of feels bad for doing it at the when they were you know they do the reveal yes. and she works for him and this has just been a mind fuck or whatever and she she has remorse for trying she she figured out hey he was a really good guy and he was really looking out for me in the, the whole context of this thing. Yes, they always fall for him. Yes, as they would James Bond, even though he is not a seductress. Seductor. Seductor. He's not a seductor. He's no. not a seductor. Because he's not female. Well, he could be. We don't know. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Don't pick his pronouns, mister. It's funny, going back to the James Bond thing, after Sean Connery left, they approached Patrick McGowan again to play James Bond, and he led them to Roger Moore. Really? Yes. Okay, no, that's a, another, another, I don't remember another fun what, fact. That I don't we remember know. where I read that, and I haven't been able to find it, but I do remember reading that. Uh, that but they did have, what's his name? So, in so. between. Lesby. Lesby. Yeah. Lesby. Yeah, well, Lesby was the, is in the one where he gets married and, and to Diana yeah. Rigg, and she gets yeah. killed. Yeah. 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 Secret Service. And uh, he fucked it up. He just yeah, fucked yeah, it up. Yeah. There's a good documentary on Netflix about that. Yeah, he just was an arrogant prick and yeah. pissed people off. Yeah, he oh. he threw it away. Oh wow, I didn't know. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! All right, well, back to the subject at hand. There are two episodes that I thought were I couldn't make up my mind whether I liked them or not. So I wanted your guys' opinion. No. You did not like them. Okay. He's already telling you he didn't like them. <laughs> no, go ahead. All right. So many happy returns is the one where he oh, I love that he episode. wakes up in the the island or the village is deserted and he literally gets off the island or the, he gets out of the village. He makes it all the way back to London. There's this this nice lady living in his flat, driving his car and stuff like that. I liked her. I liked her a lot Mrs. too. Mrs. Butterworth. Mrs. Butterworth. Mrs. Butterworth. Can we say that? Did we did we make a joke about Mrs. Butterworth before, or am I? No, we would not on camera. Okay. No, no. But anyway, so to speak. So he he Air basically course. he basically makes it out. He he gets back with his old cohorts in the intelligence community. They're they're going to look to where the village was. He keeps very detailed notes when he's at sea. Yes, and, this is and, what I had a problem okay. with later. And okay, so they they do the whole thing, and they're starting to do this aerial search in a jet. 
and he ends up with a, a with a you know a guy from the village in the jet. <clears throat> they hit the ejection seat, and he ends up back in the village. And you find out that the nice lady from his flat is number two. The new number two. The new number two. And she says, and you know, happy birthday and many happy... And it was like, you went through all that for just that punchline? I just was like, really? I mean, it was like... If you're going to screw with someone, screw with someone big. I, you know what? I, I, I Did you not pick up when the, the, the pilot is getting ready? Oh, no, no. I, yeah, I totally yeah, knew yeah, that yeah. that was... I knew yeah. this was happening. Yeah. It, was like yeah. the, it was like the sixth episode or something. So you knew he wasn't... This wasn't really him getting out. But it was like... No, I he thought gets they were, kidnapped. Or he gets beaten. And he switched. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I understand okay. that. And I knew what was going... I mean, obviously, this was like the sixth episode, and I knew he was still stuck in the village, so I knew he was going back there. But it seemed like to have, like, this great montage of this escape, and he was at sea for 30 days and all this other... And it was just like... It struck me as, like, it was just so they could go, oh, and many happy returns. You know? And it was like, eh, really? You know, that takes an awful lot of planning to, to figure out how long he's going to be at sea and how long he's going to dick around before they actually get a plane in the air that can get him back to the island I just, so that it ends <clears> on <throat> his birthday. Yeah. That, that, that's that is some That is planning because if he makes it five days earlier, it's instead of 30 days, he's only 25 days. Yeah, and what kind of fucking idiot, I'm just saying this, would get in a plane and go back to the totally island to look for it? True. Yeah. yeah. Why and one plane? Oh no, they kind of. I thought they kind of intimated that they had a bunch of planes. They, they did, this. Yeah. but that plane comes back with no Patrick McGowan. What happened? He jumped. Yeah, no, somebody's got to explain yeah, on a fighter go. jet. Yeah. Well, I, it was. It's implied he, that the the whoever runs the village has got all this kind of behind the scenes power. So you know what I like about that episode is you are halfway into the episode before you have your first line of dialogue that's this that's one of the whole, things that i admired about this it too. whole sequence of events is happening i mean you you don't usually in tv shows in the 60s you, you know, even a character by himself you know there's that voice in the head yeah, the you end, know yeah. where you can tell what a person is thinking and you don't have that his and and even his first line of dialogue is him asking somebody at random where am i you know or, yeah. so, or something like that. no I, that's and that's uh, that, that was maybe that was what was disappointing was like like it was such a well-crafted episode that like to have all that lead up to just like this kind of silly punchline almost you know, is I, like ah. i like cheap puns so i didn't mind that so i much. actually <laughs> didn't yeah i didn't have a problem with that okay and well, that goes to Probably why I dislike this because you have these yeah you have these, these good fucking ep- brilliance that yeah. goes on during this that you're just like oh my god and then it's never followed up on yeah, yeah. or it's There's completely no forgotten because you get into a later episode where it's the one where they don't trust him and they they, they oh, turn yeah. him in because they oh, think I, he's I, in charge a mutual kind of cool. dance of the dead I believe dance I of the dead like that that's a that's but a good episode they, he he goes to tell him. This is where we're at. And they're like, what are your coordinates? And he's all... <laughs> and I'm thinking, you got it written down. You fucking wrote you know, it down. Yeah, yeah. In the previous... Yeah. And, 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 yeah. yeah. You wrote down where you're at. You, they literally... Yeah, you, you did this grid search and you literally know approximately where your coordinates are. Yeah, well, it's actually, like... Actually, when he got there in the plane, he should know literally where they're okay, at. Okay, well, is that, a, is that a symptom of this program? or what, I mean, I don't think episodic television in the late 60s had a lot of continuity to it. It probably didn't, but if you're writing this... You yeah. have to look at it and go, 
You have so much brilliance but, that but you don't put that here's together. The, here's the other thing to throw a monkey wrench to kind of to kind of go ahead, if I may, sure. to the to the final episode. No, you're don't, the expert. Yeah. Shut up. Spoiler alert for anybody listening we'll who hasn't watched the shore. When they're leaving the village in the final episode, they take a truck, and then all of a sudden they're back in in London. So. There the, were some problems I had. Yeah, with the well, last okay, well, okay. Oh, yeah, we're gonna yeah, hold yeah. off on that. Well, we're gonna hold I, off. On I'm that. just saying. My again, my theory has always been the village moves. You know, I mean, it, you know, they let him know this information, and then you know, uh, or maybe there's or or there's more than one village. If, uh, if, if you have this, and uh, I saw that I saw a theory once that uh, that maybe it's not a multinational thing, but it's like. You know, an industrial conglomerate kind of thing that is behind the village. Uh, the village. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. The other one that I I was kind of I, I had a trouble making up my mind if I liked it or not was the girl who was deaf. Now that has my favorite character out of the whole series in it, which is this crazy homicidal gal. Yes. Uh, this was yeah. my favorite episode. That was okay. Yeah, yeah. And that and. The girl who was death was a leftover Danger Man episode. Okay, well that explains a lot because I literally felt like they crammed every single '60s spy like trope into this episode. Like it was it like was six James Bond movies rolled. Yeah, up in it one. rolled into like fifty minutes or whatever. <laughs> it was um, it it literally had a the the evil genius and Keith. I'm disappointed you didn't show up in your Napoleon uniform today but there's like an evil genius who's obsessed with napoleon all of his henchmen are dressed like napoleon i thought i was watching batman for a second. yeah it literally had the camp it had that camp feel of batman and stuff like that it was like yes this, this crazy ass like campy 60s spy thing and then all of a sudden it's like it turns out it's he's re- he's telling a story to the children of the village. And on first of all, I'm going... Is that not creepy or Like, what? there's children in the village? And I'm like, oh my God, first of all, like, how? what kind of messed up thing is that? But then it was like, again, this 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 crazy, wacky, 60s, psychedelic thing turns out to be like, well, it's just a story I told. And I didn't know if yes. I, I couldn't make up my mind if I liked that or not. That's what I liked about it. Okay. It was, you know what? You watch it, the tone through it. Yeah, it's yeah. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. Batman 66. And and you're like what? And then it gets to the end, and it's a story he's yeah. telling, yeah. and it's and a- he's including everybody. The new number two yeah. is, yeah. you know, everybody's included yeah. in it. But uh, it's just a fun story. That yeah. He's well, no, and then the- and it probably had a meaning. For those of you who are more intelligent, you may have picked it up. There was a meaning to it. Yeah, because at the end he has like this. He says, "What does he say?" He says like, "Good night to chill, all you children everywhere, everywhere. or something like yeah. that." And okay, like, so oh, he knows we're watching. Well, of course he yeah. knows you're watching. You watch everything. Oh, you do, yeah. yeah. But there was a meaning in it. There was something that he was slamming. Yeah. Number I... two in the island and the village. Yeah. And the, there was something in there because he, he alludes to it. Or it's it's a very poorly done message, which is quite Either possible. that or it was a message, it was a message of the times that we're yeah. not just not yes, getting. Yes, we don't have the context of it. Yes, my favorite episode. I I, I loved her as the villain. Oh, she, she was, was just a ton of. I don't fun. know. I, I've never yeah. seen that actress in anything before. But I was like, why is this woman not bigger? She was gorgeous. She was absolutely great and playing somebody who's nuts. And, she was and, Harley. Yeah, she yes. was. Yeah. She was yes. like a. She, she was, was like Harley. A, yeah, yes. British Harley. Yes. Yeah, she was a great '60s Harley. 
Uh, Grandma Harley. Yeah, she was a ton of fun throughout the whole yeah. And the way she kept going, oh, yeah. my baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he kept escaping. And, oh, yeah, it was good. The Napoleon character threw me a bit because he was kind of an idiot. Yeah. And that was the thing. It was like, it was like this, almost like this campy 60s. And I'm going, I'm sitting there watching this going, when this, did, did, did this turn into a kid? Because I'm like a fan of the Avengers, and the Avengers started out being fairly serious, and it got campy because yeah. Batman got popular. And I'm going like, I don't think I ever heard that this turned out being campy or whatever. It was one of those episodes where I really couldn't make up my mind whether I liked it or not. Maybe I, you might have just swayed me on that one that I think I, I liked no, this I, one. I abs- that was absolutely my favorite episode, easily. Uh, just because it, it had a different tone to it. She was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Even the Napoleon guy, it was Batman-esque. Yeah. Uh, as far as villains go. Maybe that's what it was slamming. I haven't been able to find anything much about that episode, but uh, it seems to me that maybe he was just slamming the whole campiness factor. Or, or how... the, the spy, yeah, like the spy things at the time or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Keith, we've, we've, uh, we've gone on and said what ours. Do you have a favorite episode that we haven't mentioned? Uh, No. We do not have a favorite my episode you haven't mentioned. I, I really did. The girl's death was one of my favorites. Uh, actually, again, because I remembered it fondly, the, the, the Big Ben one, because I thought it was just so clever, the reveal at the end, yes. how he figured it out. I thought that was awesome. Uh, the one where he gets away, I see I'm really bad at these titles, but I, I that one was the one that annoyed me because I don't watch a lot of TV, so that, that whole like 20-some minutes of silence, I had to watch it. <laughs> so that, that that made it work. It was almost uh, worse than a a, a a a TV show that you have to read, huh? Yeah, exactly. It's pretty close. Same same difference. All right. Well, um, okay. Well, then I'll I'll go ahead and say my least favorite episode was, and it's got the longest title, but it basically starts off "Do not forsake me, my darling" or yeah, whatever. That is everyone's least favorite. Okay. Episode. Well, and and I, that's. I thought, okay, so not being part of the fandom or whatever, I thought it was the worst one because it didn't have McGowan in it. There's a reason why McGowan wasn't in there. He was filming Ice Station Zebra in the United States at the time. He was under contract to do an an episode of uh, Prisoner, so he came up with the the mind transference thing and used a stand-in as number six for the episode. It was... A contractual obligation kind of thing. Oh, I didn't. Okay, we'll see. It's, again, but no. it's every it's everybody's least favorite okay. episode. Which one? What was it about? That was the so one where professor who switches minds. And, oh, and it's the one without Patrick. It's the one without the prisoner, without Patrick McGowan. Yeah, he wakes up and he's thinking, but it's not him. You can. He's tell like him. doing the voice, like the internal monologue yes. voiceover, and it's some other guy. And that's the one where you said his with, it, with his fiance. He kisses his fiance, and and she's, she's a whore. Pretty much. Three times, dude. <laughs> Three times. Oh, we got a guest. I, uh, on, Rand, are you impressed he's on, yet? He's on I his am. best okay. behavior. I, I, I appreciate the... Uh, They're all in context. Of course. I, I you, you get no argument Which is from not me. usual. You're just you, proud of yourself that I, you, you don't think I can cut these out, do you? <laughs> no, I know you can cut them out. Yes, I don't... I didn't like that one. I don't know that it was my least favorite. Did you have one that that you liked? The the okay and the okay. So free for all is the is the election one, right? Yes. I yeah. wasn't crazy yeah, about that. One that one. I, I was not crazy about that one. Like I said, uh, one of my favorite moments in the series was the tick tick slap. Uh, that just to, the way they they did yeah. that was so cool. Yeah. And again, goes to why I I I liked the prisoner, but but really didn't like the whole thing yeah, as a whole. Uh, because there's there's these moments of of wow. Yeah. And followed quickly by, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or no, what the fuck? Or what am I doing? What am I fucking doing? Why do I exist? 
by the fourth episode in a row, you're just going, why am I, my life is a sham. <laughs> All right. Uh, so is, why are you looking at me? Do you have a, le- Randy being the, the biggest prisoner fan, do you have a least favorite episode? My least favorite episode, uh, other than do not forsake me, oh my darling, the last episode. Uh, it's not one of my favorites. Okay. I, I, I definitely, I, I can't disagree. I haven't even heard everything that is going to be said about the uh, the final episode. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree. As much as this is a favorite show of mine, okay. I, I don't watch the final episode that often. Okay. Just because I, I still don't understand all right. Well, okay. Well, let's say. Okay, I'm going to say right now that we've put the spoiler alert uh, in the cut in the in the, the program here, so we can discuss the last two episodes of this. And I don't know who gets spoiled the last two episodes. I don't, I don't, think, I don't know. Not, we can't. Spoilable. That you can spoil it. Um. So you can't. You could listen to this entire thing and not. Uh, yeah, we have yeah. not spoiled a single episode no. for you. But the interesting thing is, everything that we're going to say that's not going to make sense to anybody listening who hasn't watched the show. Once they watch the show, what we say will all make yeah. sense yeah, to us. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to us either. All right, well, that being said, the last two episodes of this series are, well, they are definitely a... Um... Well, the episode before, I think, is brilliant. Leo McKern regressing number six to his infancy and having him you know, basically reach, retrace his study, life yeah. to try to find out why he resigned it was brilliant because eventually you would think he would get to that point where he resigned and would be giving the reason why he's resigning it, it to me it was just brilliant well yeah now i had read that that um mcgowan and mckern were both like friends yes. dear friends in, yes. in the theater community yes, and he were. brought him in specifically he brought him back so they could do this this entire episode because <clears throat> it was going to be yes. a character study mcgowan directed and, and wrote it and everything like that but if there's any two episodes of this, I mean, and if if the setting of the village and all the bright colors and all this other stuff that going on was not a sign of the times, these two things to me it was like, if I was like twenty year old in the sixties, I would have been chemically altered when I this these were the psychedelic episodes. This was this was hey kids let's, let's yes. yeah let's smoke oh, some definitely. weed or something like that and watch these these episodes because these were bizarre and talk for hours. The second to the last was probably my second favorite episode. Okay, because, yeah, it is it is a character study. It really is. I am is. A, a huge Leo McKern fan. I love Leo McKern. Okay. Rumpel of the Bailey. Yep. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, Smarter Brother. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, that too. Oh, love Leo McKern. And this episode, for as fever dream as it was, made sense. The, like you said, he regresses him all the way back and then yeah. takes him through and and right, yeah. it, you get a lot of who the prisoner is through this. Not only that, but I think you get the stakes of what number two is willing to put yes. up because it's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got seven days. I either get this information or I die. And again, the prisoner wins. It was a good episode. It, it's all in one space. Yeah. And it's, it's just definitely yeah, it's, it's one room. Yeah, it's one room. Okay, and this is what that this one of the so one of the three people, and we have not mentioned him up to this point. Is number two has a butler. He is yes. a little person. He is in every the single only, episode. The only other character other than number six uh, to appear in a majority of the episodes. Okay, and and he is he's omnipresent. And I had kind of known we had discussed. But this. They fire him in ten. He, he gets fired in uh, Hammer and Anvil. Yeah, he yeah. does, yeah. Oh, he gets fired? He to yeah. I, I part of the paranoia. He's packing, he's packing he's up his... Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, 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 no, no. But 
if there was one, my major disappointment from this entire experience has been, I was really hoping that the butler one. did it yeah. and he was number one. I was yeah. like, that would oh, be, that would have been cool. I thought that thought would have been so be. brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, the, the the butler the butler not being it, I think that would have probably been a, everybody would have said that would have been too cliche or something like that. Yes. But I thought that would have been really neat. All right, so the ending is TV Guide had their top you know turn of the century to their top one hundred and it was like number fifty five of the greatest episodes of television ever. The last one? Yeah. The last one was one of the fifty five greatest. No, top one hundred. It was it, number fifty five. I think it could not have beaten out anything by the monkey. Okay, well, Ryan's a big Monkeys fan, too. So. Oh, the, yeah. You, you, you mentioned drugs. I have always thought that they were using what the Monkeys had left over before they wrote their movie, Head. Was it Gilgan's Island yeah. directed by Michael Nesmith? Exactly. Sent him a text going. Exactly. All right, well, the last episode is literally an acid trip. Yes. I, I, I have no understanding of what... Watch it first. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I, I was not, not entertained. Uh, it, it has was, a kid in it, and, and it had kid. Leo McKern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Right, so. Because both those people are dead. Well, uh, it, fuck it. it, you know what, number two dies, he gives up his life to, because he loses in the episode before. It's the only continuity through the whole fucking series. Yeah. yeah. Is, is the, the last two episodes are actually one. Yeah. But uh, the kid comes back. The two-hour finale of the prison. <laughs> and he was dead. Not only did he die in the Western world, but he died... In the episode. In yeah. the episode, because he really was a psycho. Okay. Well, okay, and then, do, now, do you think that was just McGowan, like, liking that actor so much yes, that I'm going to use him again? Yes, that's yes. exactly so what it wasn't, was. So it wasn't supposed to be it, the, it, the guy who was the kid. It's not the same It's not the same character, It's not right? supposed to be the same character. Okay. He liked the actor. Yeah, exactly. And obviously Leo McKern was his friend and stuff But like there's that. no way that you could watch that and not go, this is the kid. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, the guy was very yeah. distinctive looking. He was a great actor and stuff like yes. that. And was hugely thankful, by the way, to uh, Patrick McGowan. Yes. Probably got hugely him to start. Hugely thank yeah. you. But that's the thing. Thankful. It's like, so they have this, this they bring him, the prisoner into this room, and they have this jury of one of the one of the great visuals of all time, these, these great masks that's half comedy, half tragedy masks yes. from the theater. And they're like this jury, and they have all these like you know these labels on them, like anarchists and nationalists and welfare people and students. And it's like it was like this just seemed like this hodgepodge of like different categories or something like that. It didn't really make it like any sense. the The guy, the kid, is like supposed to be the youth movement, I guess. Leo McKern is supposed to be like the old the establishment, the establishment yeah. or yes. whatever. But they say something they, again. Say something along the lines of. He re- he's rebelling in his own way or something like that, which I didn't understand. Because yeah. the old, the, the us oldies, do. We rebel in our own way. Okay. We just don't give the anarchists their allowance for the week. There you go. Hmm. There you go. That that was pretty profound. Wow. Wow. Okay. Say horror one more time if you want. <laughs> and you already have. It's like a tribute. <laughs> It was. But anyways. You know, one day we're going to make it to Comic-Cons, and, and we're going to be sitting in our booth, and we're going to be waiting, and people are going to be yelling, yeah, yeah. whore! <laughs> yeah, whore! 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 That's a four. <laughs> At you. Yeah. Anyways. So, um, they go through this kind of bizarre 
courtroom parliamentary proceeding to tell the prisoner you're free to go. Yes. And no, it's lead us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh lead them. You can either lead us or you're free to go. Yeah. Okay. But we want you to lead us. Okay. That's basically what they were saying. Okay, they give no, him I, the okay, choice. Yeah, I agree with you. You are free to go and you can leave <clears throat> and be yeah. done because you win. Or because you are who you are and you have won, we want you to lead us because we think that you're the only one who can do it. Okay. Which it turns out he was number one. Right, so that's the and again that uh, that's the but big reveal he, of this is we are all the like we that? are all the warders of our own prisons. It has always been my take on the final. Right, episode. and uh, and again, we lock ourselves up. That's we what, hamstring our potential. Exactly. We won't allow ourselves to be free. And the ultimate ending. I'm done. Well, no, the ultimate ending. The we'll very see you next week, folks. <laughs> the very last couple of minutes are. You see the prisoner getting into his car in his flat, the butler's in his flat, and the door opens automatically like the village. Yep. Right. Exactly. And then, it ju- and then the last, very last scene is the opening scene of him driving down the runway in his in his. Because load. you never escape your prison. Exactly. So I mean, I mean, it was an awful long way to go, but uh, wait, is that what the maiden song is about? I have to think. I have to go through the lyrics. Start singing, guys. No. <laughs> no. I don't want to get sued by Bruce Dickinson. But okay, so and and the, and See, yeah, that I would heard. require him listening. Yeah. How and do you he tweets that. That's great. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> Actually, Iron Maiden had to get McGowan's permission to use the yeah the, in, the introduction, and they got it. So he he was a marketing genius too. But. All right, but back to the ending. So the the ultimate. So Randy, the ultimate thing is that. Every man is trapped in his own prison. Is what, is, that is has the, always been my take on it. Yeah, I like that. Did anybody else take, get any other takes out of that? I, didn't get I that binged it over three nights. You, I, I'm surprised you still got your it's brains making out of your show. ears. I, uh, yeah, I watched five episodes, five episodes, seven episodes. Uh, the most I, tried I did in one very night was hard three. to pay attention to the titles because you guys are like title freaks, and so I like to try to do that. Uh, so I know what we're talking about. Uh, I know more when you describe the episode because yeah. I watched them all at one time. So did I pick up an overarching meaning by the time I watched the seventh episode that night of a, just a complete fever dream of a day? You know, I mean, that's you're talking about the last seven episodes yeah. are just all way the fuck out there. Yeah, I did not, but I like that. I, I do like that take on it and how we can't escape and how even if we become someone else... We can't escape. Um, we're always there. Yeah. The other that thing was that kind of cool. Yeah. The th- other thing that I took out of this was like that violence gets you no- like vi- like like he never used a gun. He never he was you know and, and it was like the violence gets you nowhere. Pretty much. And then but then juxtaposing that in the full and the, my favorite scene out of the last episode was literally like it was like some crazy John Woo shootout where the, these guys were two. Six, the kid, and the butler are shooting their way out of the village yeah. with Tommy guns, and they're playing "Love Is All You Need" by the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. and it was like, what? A Here's where I had a problem. Yes, because as they're leaving the village, there are fucking helicopters taking off all over. I'm like, yeah. they only have one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
16 episodes, they had one helicopter. Now there's 47. Well, because all, I always thought because all these people came into the village, you know, for the trial. This was a day job. They'd fly in and fly out every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, they had to try to crack him. But there's a helicopter, and through 16 episodes, all we needed was one. All we needed was one. Even if the people were leaving, you only needed one helicopter. Because they brought him in, they took him off. We never got the sense that there were 14 people leaving at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, once you were there, you were there. And the people who were there, like the the old people playing chess, they had just been there for years and years mm -hmm. and years. Which makes the whole moving thing or the village being a different place, in different places, that would be hard. Because you have to move a whole bunch of old yeah, people yeah. around? Unless you're doing the Dark City thing. There you go. Which, again, would explain all the helicopters. But no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of it just being in his head. I, I like that. And, and I, I, I'm not that deep, obviously. No, you're, uh, you're pretty shallow. I am. I can speak of whores and comic books. So, At the same time, it seems. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. You're very welcome. Not many people notice that talent. All right. Well, uh, I read that Magoon, because of the ending, it was a, a shocking ending, and there was no delivery of who number one was, so he went into hiding for a couple of weeks. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So It basically shows him as number one. Well, no. They basically... They, they, no, he, they didn't even basically... They did. Oh, no. I, I completely agree. Yeah. No, <clears throat> they showed him as number one. He was number one, and that's where I think Randy's theory is this was all in his head. What was the yeah. rocket? Was that just a giant phallus? Possibly. I. Now we're starting to get into whole this whole weird. No, I can get Freud, deep. Freud would love it. You, 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 you don't get deep, right? I can get you're, deep. you're as deep as a puddle, dude. No, I can get deep. No, I can get deep. All right, Keith, you've been surprisingly quiet in the last couple of minutes. I've just been stunned by Brian's brilliance. <laughs> Lance, I do have to say, you kind of disappoint me on something. You haven't. Uh -oh. You oh, haven't oh, mentioned, oh. you you being the car person that you are, have not mentioned anything about the prisoner's car. The Lotus. Uh, it's a Lotus. Yes. And it's... It's, uh, just, it's just a Lotus. It's okay. Move on. I don't know that much about British cars, but um, the um, there was a company that came out in the uh, right around the, the turn of the 21st century. I think it was Markham or something like that, and they started reproducing those cars. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can you can purchase the prisoner's car in a modern version with modern brakes and a modern motor and stuff like that. Fertile. But it is a it is a fantastic car. Uh, it's um, I think it was a race. It was a Lotus racing a Lotus, car. Yeah. If not I'm, good when it's raining though. Well, thank you for that. Too. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, we're starting to wind down here, fellas. Any takeaways from uh, from this experience? Brian, I think the esoteric journey of the prisoner. <laughs> Reflects my reading man. your phone. Stop reading that off your phone, Brian. I'm not actually reading it off my phone, bitches. <laughs> He's paraphrasing. He can't read. <laughs> He's paraphrasing. I don't know how to read. That's why I have comic books and pictures. Um, He's the art guy. Like I said, it. I didn't like the series as a whole. There is brilliance in every episode. In every episode. Sometimes it's hard to get to. Yeah. Would I recommend it to somebody? I don't know. Uh, because it's frustrating. Yeah. You don't get... You get nothing from... You watch 17 hours 
and you get There's no resolution. There's, There's no... You get no resolution on anything. Yeah. You don't get his name. You don't get what agency he worked for. You don't get why he resigned. You don't get who number one is. You don't know where all the number twos come from. You don't know the you know, organization that owns yeah, the yeah. village. You don't know anything about the people who live in the village. All you know about Patrick McGowan is he had a fiance. Don't I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Stubborn as hell. He had a fiance. That's it. And a cool car. And a cool car. And a cool car uh, that he built by hand. That he built. Every nut and bolt. There are. There's uh, a lot of likable characters in that. But you get nothing from them. And he knew what was wrong with the car, too. Yes. Yes. And Mrs. Butterworth was driving it. And Mrs. Butterworth was a crazy old bat. <laughs> but a hip chick. No, I... I yeah, so... Uh, the frustration is you get nothing out of it for good TV. Did you enjoy the journey, though? Uh, nah. <laughs> you know what? I will say that uh, not unlike driving through Nebraska... There are things to see, but there's a lot of points in between. Got it. Got it. Keith, what was your take uh, out of this? Uh, well, I, I, I liked, liked it better, better than I did before I watched it. Because, again, <laughs> all I'd seen is that last episode to begin with. So it was all uphill there. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you that. I, yeah, I'm a big character development guy, and there was none. Even with Patrick Goon, there wasn't that much character development in him. He's the same stubborn, smart Individual, individual, yeah. but he didn't. There was, he didn't grow. Nothing, nothing happened. I mean, that's that's you know. Would I watch it again? No, probably not. But would I recommend it? You know, it, it's. I think it's worth watching. I just, you know, don't don't have to watch it in a certain amount of time. <laughs> the whole deadline. That, to don't do put this, a deadline on yeah, it. Deadline to do this makes it a lot more. And just don't watch. I I couldn't watch the beginning every time. I, I, I love I, I love the beginning. I totally disagree. Just, with that. I love the beginning. It, but if you watch all seventeen of them, you just ate a whole episode up. You can you can save an episode's worth of time if you just watch it once and keep skipping it. Except for the one episode where it actually starts off before the the thing. Which, yeah, that's which the episode one, is that? Yeah, that's, sure. that's that's do not forsake <laughs> me. And that's okay, the one without yeah, McGowan in yeah. it. Yeah. So it starts out before the 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 credits and then I mean the opening. Yeah, so you have to watch it. That's cool. Did any of us watch the six issue or six episode miniseries on AMC? I saw it when it originally came out. It was good, but not great. In did any of us read the comic? I did, but I don't remember. I read. I. I didn't know there was one. It yeah. kind of picks. Yeah, it was, it kind of picks up it. Leo McKern. Yeah, they, the yeah. only number two they mention is uh, Leo McKern. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Much Butterworth rare. does make an appearance in okay. uh, in the in the comic book. So it, I mean, is it worth it's reading? Like they re- I I liked it. Okay. Dean Dean Motter. Uh, yeah, was, wrote and yeah, drew yeah. it. Uh, you know, it Mr. reminded X. me a lot of his Mister X yeah. stuff at the time. I I really liked it. I would recommend it. I mean, Did it give I, us any answers? Uh, it it gave like its own explanation on things. You know, it's like it's not an official kind of thing, but uh, you know, there's a a new number six. Uh, you know, the original number six appears in it. Leo McKern is in it. He's uh, the main guy in it, right? Yeah, he's pretty much the only number two that they reference visually. because he fucking rocks as a new number two. I, I, I agree. Totally and, uh, agree. I thought that they the two number twos that I wanted to see a full episode of was Mrs. Butterworth and then the Tick Tick Lady. <laughs> which they never did. <laughs> the Tick Tick Lady. Alright, any uh Randy being the, the the prisoner expert, anything to uh, put a cap on the episode? Well, what I 
definitely see what uh, Brian and Keith are saying on it, and I can't disagree with that. What I really liked, uh, you know, as a as a kid watching it, and you know, even now revisiting it, I like what I really like the fact is that it's different from other TV shows in that you expect at the end of the episode the hero is going to win. And that wasn't the case in every single episode. None of the episodes. There were, there were, but I mean, there were some episodes like uh, Hammer into Anvil or uh, other episodes where he at least comes out with some kind of victory because, you know, he's at least defeated defeated he them. Find another yeah, number two. He so, yeah, he, 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 de- he defeats the number two of the week or whatever. Yeah. But there are some episodes like Free for All and Chimes of Big Ben where the village just gives him a crushing defeat. And then no, the episode you know just ends there. I, I just thought that was I it thought was he different. defeated number two in every episode. Yeah. Up until then, uh, Hammer and Anvil is the first one where he literally just goes on the defensive. He, 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 yeah, yeah. He, he attacks. He gets, yeah, he gets, he gets, he's sick of this, he's pissed. But he's, and he, it's he, actually not a win because, yeah, he gets rid of that number village, two. Yeah. And it gives him a week's worth of fun. But there's going to be a new number two. Yeah. True. But... That's the next, but I mean, that's, you know, you, you have expectations of watching a TV show. You know, you would know going into it, he's not going to get out and in that Logan's episode. He's never getting off the island. Exactly, yeah. Even the Harlem Globetrotters show up. I was just going to say, I was just going to make a Harlem Globetrotters show. They, didn't think they should have showed up in the village. Be a soccer be team, probably. All no, right. it would not the have been any team. more bizarre than any of the other shit that was going on there. <laughs> <laughs> fucking see Meadowlark Lemon show up and start bouncing. Really, I would have really. been, okay, I would have bought into that. <laughs> he was just hired by I, I would have bought into that. Curly Joe or Curly <laughs> yeah. Curly Joe. Oh, all right, Neil. well, yeah. if we ever do a remake, we'll have the uh, Harlem Globetrotters meet the prisoner. And there's, I guess, one and only one. And the Simpsons. One, and the Simpsons. <laughs> and I guess there's only one thing uh, to say to end this uh, segment. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Thank <laughs> you.